Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Blue Crush, Crush, Crush. I think you have to say it like that. Blue Crush. (laughs) Can you make it sound like it's a stadium, like you're saying it inside of a stadium? Everybody, (laughs) we're going to watch Blue Crush. Hell yeah. This movie is, honestly, I was crushed by it. I had a crush. I had a major crush. Did you have a blue crush on this movie? I guess. So what's a blue crush? Did you not look up why it's, why is it called that? They don't say anything about a crush. Oh my God. We're 14 seconds into the episode already Googling something. Okay. (laughs) Blue crush. Why? Okay. It doesn't say. It doesn't say why it's, and they never say the words blue or crush in the film. They don't. Is crush just like a wave? My only thought is that like, so this movie has a lot of her being fearful of the water. Like maybe the blue crush is like that feeling when you get like scrambled eggs, car accident by the waves. You know what I mean? Sure. When you get like swirled around and literally you're just like. You're in a blue crush. Yeah. Mother Nature's taking you. She's crushing you. Okay. Let's go with that. I mean, the water I grew up in was brown. So it was like a brown. Brown. Crush. Brown smudge. (laughs) A big brown smack. Anyway, before we start gushing over this film and probably raving and ranting about this film a little bit as well, just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. We got a couple of new members on the Patreon. Thanks to the ability for y'all to try out this new free trial feature. You can hop on the Patreon and be a member for a week. So if you're interested in that and want to check out our Patreon, feel free to sign up for a free trial or just sign the hell up and join in, jump in. And if that's not for you, that's totally fine. We really appreciate you just listening to this gnarly episode, bro. Yeah, I was hoping for more of those accents, but none. They definitely had like this cute little lilt that I guess maybe is like a Hawaiian mm-hmm. vibe accent. Yeah. But the way they would like say things to each other was very like unique. And I was like, I bet you they picked that up from like actual Hawaiian surfer peeps. I have so many questions about the production of this film. Like, so maybe you'll you'll touch on that. Yeah, it was really interesting actually to look into how they did it. Um, so the film was based on kind of like the real life of a couple of surfer girls in Maui. Um, there was an article written in 1998 called Surf Girls of Maui or Life Swell. Anyway, it was like a pretty big deal article in an outside magazine and the screenwriter Lizzie Weiss another great Lizzie. We love Lizzie's. We do. Was commissioned to take this article that kind of just like followed these four girls around as they were preparing for a surf competition and turn it into a movie. And so I do think that they tried really hard to keep Blue Crush as accurate as possible. And where they filmed it as well was with, you know, actual surfers, actual beaches, actual lingo, actual look and vibe. I think they tried to feature like the real Hawaiian surf lifestyle as much as they could and Mm -hmm. I definitely felt like pulled in I was I was dying to take out my board shorts and start wearing (laughs) my Bermudas around again I did look for like billabong something in my closet I was like I'm sure some remnants of that like made its way into my life but no like a tiny t-shirt or tank top somewhere from Quicksilver a puka shell something (laughs) nary a puka shell could be found in my current wardrobe yeah I got rid of that shit real quick yeah but other than the general vibe of the film, which feels very gay, there are a couple of other things that drew us to doing this film. And actually, I was referred to doing this film by two really close friends of ours um, who both remember watching this film as a kid and 
attribute their queerness like directly to how Michelle Rodriguez and Kate Bosworth and them look in this film as like a very queer awakening thing. And I'm like, hells yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, I could definitely understand why people recommended us to cover this film because I hadn't seen it before. I watched it just for this podcast and I was like, oh, this is a lesbian. Like if this film (laughs) had legs, it would drive a Subaru. (sighs) Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, like the film itself is a lesbian. Yeah, it like feels, and how it looks at women. Yeah, and how it talks about them. It really reminds me of Stick It. Yes, very Stick It vibes mm-hmm. for sure. So, what was your general impression of the film? Like your expectations going in? I guess I was one of those people that thought it was Soul Surfer, <laughs> and so I avoided it. But like early in life, I remember my sisters really liking this film, and I just. There was something about it growing up that like when my sisters would turn it on, I would just check out, like I would just go do something else. And I realize now watching it back as an adult, it's because it's so anxiety inducing, like so much of the first few scenes are just like. <sighs> the tone is just breakneck. Mm-hmm. Like it never lets up. There's like one kind of chill scene that isn't stressful. It's like the training montage when the girls are teaching the NFL players how to surf. Like that is the only fun moment in this entire film. I looked over to you at that scene. I was like, this is the first time I've been able to breathe this whole movie. They just make everything so intense. Yeah. Which the one thing I did really like about the tone of the film, though, is like how intensely they portray the sport of surfing. Mm -hmm. Like it truly is a terrifying sport that you have to work really hard and really devote yourself. And I could feel the danger behind it despite the fact that there were not a single shot or mention of sharks in this film of which i was very grateful (laughs) i was like just waiting for a shark to appear in a single scene which luckily did not so viewer you're safe did the listeners know how deep-seated your fear of like shark movies are and sharks now as a person i about to know (laughs) i'm like any shot that's like a pov from below looking up at a person in the water Like, I have to pull my legs up in the theater. (laughs) I cannot even watch trailers for movies like The Meg. I really just can't. Yeah, it's too spooky. What the fuck? Sharks will eat you. Yeah, they don't even talk about, yeah, sharks in this movie. But um, I wonder if there's, like, a bunch in Hawaii. Maybe not. Oh, hell yeah. You think so? Oh, my God. The Pacific is fucking flooded with sharks, dude. They're, like, citizens. (laughs) I'm so serious. Okay, wait. This actually reminds me. So... Getting into the production of this film, the film was directed by a man named John Stockwell, who we have actually briefly discussed on the podcast before, not as a director, but as an actor. He is in Top Gun. The very beginning of Top Gun, you know, there's that um, character named Cougar who, like, kind of has a panic attack in the plane, ends up leaving the Navy or whatever. That he's that actor. So he kind of has like this beefy model turned actor turned director kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, he's not gay. I checked. I don't even have to ask this. A man wrote this movie, right? No, a man did not write this. So this was written by a woman this entirely? The Surprisingly, the script was written by a woman and then the article that the film was based off of was also written by a woman wow it did not feel like it i know it had and maybe that got lost in translation i didn't look to see who the editor is because i saw this tiktok once that really changed how i um kind of thought about a film's like lens when it comes to women and men and gender and that's like a lot of editors tend to be women like historically like from the very beginning of time of movies till now Mm -hmm. so I didn't check to see if maybe there was also something going on on that front but yeah it does feel at times like very overtly just like women don't say that 
women don't say that. And and I have some qualms with this film that we'll get into when we discuss the plot. But I was just like, she wouldn't be in this position. She would never be in this position. She would never literally say that ever at all. No. No. And the behavior of Kate Bosworth's main character, Anne-Marie, is like very up and down. Mm -hmm. And like maybe that reflects real life because it is a woman like at this kind of great turning point in her life. But I'm also a little bit like the motivations behind it are very annoying. We'll definitely talk about that. Yes. I have a lot to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something else that feels really gay about this movie other than Michelle Rodriguez and just like the general surfer vibe of it is kind of this really intense chosen family mm -hmm. element. Like these four women – Live together, eat together. Raising a child together. Literally, it's like mommy, daddy, and cool Aunt Lena and the rebellious kid. Yeah. Like straight up. They share a car. They share meals. They share everything. They are a little family. I mean, it's she so even says it outright at the end. Like, they're my family. And I'm like, oh, Hana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very oh. Fast and the Furious. Very Fast and the Furious. Very Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. I really love it, though. That's kind of like a dream life, like just to live in a beach hut with like your three gal pals, wink, wink, your roommates. Yeah. Um, like what you're describing is a lesbian <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, super fun fact. So the do you remember the house that they lived in, this little like beach hut with like the TV outside and everything? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the same location that they used for 51st Dates with Drew Barrymore and Stop. Adam Sandler. Stop. Oh, my God. Which, like, is another really toxic Hawaiian film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that people are coming around and, and recognizing that that movie is problematic. That can be a letterbox list, like toxic Hawaiian films <laughs> and just those two. Yeah, just those two. I'm sure there's a shark movie in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sharks. I was I was getting to a point earlier. So John Stockwell, right? He directed it. He also directed another film called Into the Blue. Have you heard of this film? Is that the really bad shark one with Samuel L. Jackson? Oh, no, that's Deep, Deep Blue, Blue Sea. sea. Okay, yeah, that yeah. movie I actually low-key fuck with. I can't it's hilarious get through that movie. It's terrifying. <laughs> okay, what's the one that anyway, he directed? Into the Blue. It's an ocean movie starring Jessica Alba and Paul Walker. May he rest in peace. I've definitely seen that poster before. Yeah, there's a poster. On the poster is Paul Walker and Jessica Alba, like, sporting 17 abs apiece. Yeah. With, like, a blue hue. Um, anyway, in this film, the general premise is, like, there's a boat full of cocaine that sinks. And so these two people get to, like, they go, like, try to get cocaine off the boat and then resell it. And there's, like, a bunch of drug lord shit that happens. Anyway, they film with live sharks like so many times in the film and like on at purpose? some points on purpose they actually captured a tiger shark john stockwell was like we got to capture a tiger shark and we got to use it in the film and like while they were filming these scenes like all the crew the camera people would be in like chain mail to protect them and jessica alba would be in like a bikini this big fuck no literal fuck nightmare no this guy's like i only want to direct the scariest wateriest wettest ass shit i want people to be in danger i want to rotoscope people's faces on the other people and make them surf don't make me talk about whatever face thing that they did i saw a, like a letterbox review that's like i'm actually maintaining they didn't use any like face swapping technology and that's just what kate bosworth looks like when she's surfing just like 
made out of rubber, just like <laughs> keeping the same face. Like, Whoa. yeah, she she has like a wacky expression as well. Like she's not serious. Just she's kind of like, Whoa. <laughs> there's a couple different ways that they shot those scenes, because obviously Kate Bosworth, you know, she probably like surfed a little bit just to like look good on the board, but she was not pulling off the shit like in the final scenes and stuff. So they would either like superimpose her face onto the face of another female surfer or what they did for the final scenes when she's surfing at the pipe masters is yeah. they had a guy shave his legs like put on a bikini and wear a wig and fucking surf that <laughs> shit and i'm like how many fucking blonde wigs are at the bottom of the ocean right now <laughs> like ripped off in a reef somewhere <sighs> yeah because you're like sweating underneath it as well like even just the water hitting it there's that shit's coming off how are they gluing it on <laughs> Like, what drag queen did they hire to, like, motherfucking duct tape that shit down? I'm just thinking of all the surfboards that break in this movie, but I'm imagining just wigs breaking in <laughs> Just, like, hitting just the rocks. Just, yeah. Insanity. Um, so, anyway, let's start talking about the plot because, girl, there is some shit we need to unpack. <sighs> yeah, let's get into it. On the other side of paradise. Penny! What? No ditching. Okay. Someone's got to go to college, honey. Not me. I was wondering if you've taught anybody. Taught anybody? Yeah, how to surf. You might want someone who's gentle. And you are? No, take a single wave like that, and you put yourself on the mat. What, you think you can surf it for real? You know it. <laughs> All right, so we open the film in what is frankly a terrifyingly trippy, psychedelic opening sequence of, like, multicolored waves and, like, crashing and, like, Kate Bosworth getting, like, swirled around in the ocean. And she goes... <gasps> Wakes up in her bed. She's having a nightmare of the time that she almost drowned three years ago. Mm -hmm. But it's dawn. It's time for her to get the fuck up, go for a fucking run on the beach, and then do a bunch of pull-ups. What is the gayest exercise you can do? That is the gayest. And I love, I was telling Lizzie while we were watching, I love that like these surfers and these skaters like in Lords of Dogtown have to wake up at like the ass crack of dawn. Something about that is just so cute. Oh, God, I'm so glad you brought up Lords of Dogtown. Love it that is movie. the companion film to this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lords of Dogtown is a little better, though. No offense to all you Blue Crush lovers out there. This was a great film, sort of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she has to get up early. She like calls on her little seashell phone and is like checking the weather. There's apparently like a weather service that's like, all right, guys, the waves are gnarly as hell out there. Grab your seashell bras and head out on the surf. Cowabunga, my dudes, get out there. <laughs> it's like fully 4 a.m. So anyway, she's in heavy training for something called the Pipeline Pipe Masters. It's like this competition that takes place on the north beaches of Maui in a place called Pipeline, which has some of the most dangerous waves in the world. And people die at this competition, which they like to remind us every 13 minutes or so. They're like, the most people have died here ever surfing, ever. Ever. Dying all the time. <laughs> yeah. They make it very clear that you can die while surfing. For sure. There's no less than five times where she's like out on the water trying to surf and she fails or gets scared or just gets totally crushed and swirled around. That was one of my critiques. I just wanted to see at least some establishing of the fact that she enjoyed surfing or was good at it. Right. You don't see her actually really do it. 
anything well until the very end. And even at the very end, she fails multiple times during the competition, which yeah. I'm sure is realistic. And I do appreciate the reality of it. But you're right. Like, we never get to see her truly excel. It's just like the same beat of fear over and over and over. And it mm-hmm. never really compounds. So it's you're kind like, of like, why do you want to do this? It seems like you hate it. They don't show her enjoying it like ever. Yeah, it definitely seems more like an obligation, especially when she has, like, everyone in her life, including her lover, Michelle Rodriguez, being like, what the fuck? Like, you have to do this. You have to be the best. You are the best. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your potential. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to fuck a guy from Minnesota. Oh, I don't. We'll get started early, on that when that early. happens because I have so much to say. Yeah, you're right. We're definitely going to get there. So Anne-Marie, played by Kate Bosworth. Wakes up in her house of surfer girls, gets everyone up to go surf because the waves are gnarly, bro. So we've got Eden, played by Michelle Rodriguez, bisexual icon, absolute stunning, so hot, hot, buff as fuck. Dude, yeah. We got Snowy Lake, who plays Lena, who's kind of the more like quirky pansexual vibe of the group. And then we have younger sister Penny, who is unfortunately in the most awful looking white girl braids ever oh they look bad so bad i'm like also who gave you those braids because like that's like more like island like bahamas hair like i don't see a lot of hawaiian people with those sort of braids no one else in the film has braids no it's really unfortunate (laughs) yeah and it's one of the first of many strikes of white people living on this island doing like the worst shit yeah, then there, of which there are plenty, but this came out in a different time period where, like, what year was this? This film came out in 2002. Yeah, so we weren't, like, super critical of, I mean, we were, what was it, like, Pocahontas coming out along with this? So, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. So this is a good time for that film to come out. But, yeah, the whiteness of this film is really, it's annoying because they do cast, like, some incredible Native Hawaiian people. So they got close enough where they knew that they should, but then they just didn't take it over the finish line with uh, Anne-Marie's character. Like, it would have been so much better if she was Hawaiian. I don't see why she wouldn't be. Why wasn't Michelle Rodriguez the main character? I know. Literally, why? Yeah. Is she supposed to be Hawaiian? I don't know if they... They hint at her, like, having grown up on the island. So whether she's... She herself, Michelle Rodriguez, is not of Hawaiian descent, but... Mm -hmm. I'm sure in the film they were like, ah, oh, just ignore it. Just like how Catherine Zeta-Jones is in Zorro. And they're just like, yeah, she's Spanish. She's yeah. Spanish as fuck. Look at her brown hair. She's clearly <laughs> not white. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She's <laughs> not Welsh for sure not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they're off to the beach. This little family of queers fit in a couple hours of surfing before Penny has to go to school. And we already right off the bat see that there's this dynamic between Eden and Anne-Marie that is very tense, to say the least. They're never, like, just hanging out. Like, Eden's always got to be saying something to Anne-Marie, like, pushing her to be better, do more, stop hanging out with that guy. Why are you hanging out with that guy? Mm -hmm. Don't hang out with that guy. Come hang out with me. And it's no secret that everyone on the internet feels this really tense relationship being slightly romantic between them, and I can absolutely see it because it's like that thing we saw in bring it on. It's like, why is Missy's character like so focused and tuned in on Torrance? You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like this, maybe they've been friends for a long time and they're not able to like act on that relationship, but there's definitely something there. And it kind of just manifests as like an over-concern kind of relationship. It feels very familiar to people who are gay, like friendships where you just feel so strongly about like what they should and shouldn't be doing. And you get jealous of who they're spending time with. And Eden very much brings that across and 
if if someone's not going for Michelle Rodriguez, they are straight as they come. You just got to let yeah. that dog lie. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's not turning. Exactly. And what really makes me mad about this is that like, okay, so Michelle's like backed into this corner where like maybe she has feelings for Kate Bosworth's character, but like also really wants to surf and like has the dream to be like a surf girl and be on the cover of magazines, obviously, because she's pushing Kate to do it. Mm-hmm. But she didn't get into Pipe Masters. Yeah. Which is another qualm I have with this film is like, why is the one white girl getting the wild card into Pipe Masters when all of these women, mm-hmm. especially these two women of color, are just as good, if not better, and more motivated to be in the competition. Yeah, they're more determined. And I, it's just all with my qualms with this movie. Like, I just don't see why this character needed to be white. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't make any sense. Like, they're in Hawaii. I don't know. I mean, the 2000s. We can only ask so much for the 2000s. <laughs> but anyway, on the beach, they're surfing. They're little morning hearts out. And... The guys are giving them so much shit, verbally shitting on them constantly, constantly pushing all of them to like, do more, take more risks, be better, be better. And she's the man thing where the boys have to say the like, girls can't do it because they're girls, you know? Yeah. Like, why are you surfing at the sandbar? Is it because you're a scared little girl? Like, come on, we're going to block for you so you can take this big wave. Mm -hmm. And she's like, obviously traumatized and not ready to do that. But Mm -hmm. they push her to do it anyway. And she lets them. But that comes from Eden, too. Like, Eden and Lena and her sister are all pushing her to, like, go bigger. Why didn't you drop in on that huge wave? Like, she has all this pressure building on her. But one thing I noticed in the beginning of the film is that, like, she responds to that pressure really well Mm -hmm. and she takes it all in stride she does what she has to do and never complains but then like as soon as she meets this guy all of a sudden she's like whining to him about how hard her life is yeah and she's close enough with her friends that you would think that she would just tell them if she did feel that way right that's why the motivation always seems weird because like you're saying she feels all this from other people as like and it seems like it's motivating to her Mm -hmm. but then yeah as soon as she gets around another person she's like oh woe is me my friends are so invested in me doing well right she's like oh i have all these privileges that they don't have and like it's hard to like have this much access and i'm just it gets worse as the film goes on but like right after this scene she goes to drop off penny at school and they're a couple minutes late and one of the teachers comes up to her and is like you need to be doing a better job getting your sister here to school on time and she's like look dude my mom's fucked off to las vegas this is the best i can do and she looks him in the eye and tells him that and like knows where her limits are Mm -hmm. and seems like confident that like i'm doing the best i can do period i'm good but then later in the film it's like one of the things she complains about to this guy and i'm like which one is it? Like, are you handling all this in stride and can stand up for yourself? Or are you looking for someone to whine to? And yeah, life is hard, but like you have help. Mm-hmm. Like lean on Lena and lean on Eden and like share the burden with them because they're more than willing to do it and they're mm-hmm. trying to help you out. And they know your problem so much better than this like random dude does. And yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, we know that she's not afraid to advocate for herself. We know that she is good at surfing, but it's like she constantly like switches motivations in a way that Mm -hmm. makes it really hard for you to root for her. It's hard to feel like empowered with this tale because people kind of just force her to do good and it doesn't even seem like she appreciates it or wants it. So it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> he just bullied you into like being a really good server. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's She's very like wishy-washy character. She just kind of gets like blown around in the breeze and has like none of her own wants. 
Okay, yeah. So a fun fact about this scene before we move on. You know the shot where they're like staying on the beach looking at all the giant waves and like a guy comes out of the water with like a piece of reef stuck in his face? Oh yeah. That was an actual surfer they hired to like get some shots of with an actual piece of reef stuck in his face. No way. Like an actual injury that they ended up using later. Yucks, that's so I was gross. like, it looks so real. <laughs> Disgusting. But yeah, surfing is dangerous. Um, so after they surf, we get to see like what their day-to-day routine looks like, which is basically get up and surf, go work at the hotel as maids, and mm-hmm. then go surf after work and do it all again the next day. We also learned that there's like this football team playing some sort of Pro Bowl game at the hotel. And that's where we meet Matt for the first time, the quarterback, as well as his like posse of O-line dumbasses. You mean Warner Huntington the third? Warner Huntington the third. Um this bitch he can't play a nice guy. You can't make me like this character. I just I won't I won't. He's just so plain. He's just, like, annoying. Ugh, I hate him. He brings out, like, and he doesn't really do anything overtly that bad. Like, he kind of just says, like, really middling words and, like, puts some, like, really elementary level Mac on Anne-Marie. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And it's just, like, yet another, like, wishy-washy person in this film who's just kind of like, oh, well, I, like, played football in life and now I'm a millionaire and... I just get whatever I want and can, like, transform Denny's waitresses and hotel maids into the perfect girl for the weekend. That's a huge, huge, huge qualm I have with this movie. As someone who's worked in service before, when you work in an establishment, especially when it's millionaires, billionaires, and you are literally picking up their shit and their condoms and they're, like, dirty diapers— (laughs) <laughs> There's no way for you to romanticize these people. You fucking hate these people. Right. Because they have no regard for you as like a person. So the fact that she could be charmed by another rich dude who's like coming to Hawaii wants to like sleep with service people. I'm like, she should fucking hate this guy. It's like a really a show of her bad judgment that she's willing to so easily be seduced by just like a man who's willing to be nice to her and buy her stuff, which like. Again, I feel bad for faulting her for it because, like, they're struggling to make rent and she works as a fucking maid. I get it. Like, it must feel nice to have someone give a shit about you. But it's got to be so hollow because, like, literally Eden and Lena are sitting right there like, yo, girl, like, we're in the same boat and we share finances, we share a car, we share everything. Like, how is that not enough? Mm-hmm. You know, are you really going to throw it away for this guy? Which is what Eden says to her like a thousand times in the film. And every time she says it, I'm like, she's kind of right. Mm-hmm. What is he going to do for you? You live on an island with some of the most beautiful nature and some of the most beautiful people. And this corn-fed dude from Minnesota walks in and fucking flip-flops and you're wet <laughs> for him. Like, that is... <laughs> I just really don't believe that. And it's like some white lotus shit. Like, I just think that you would... All, tourism is ruining Hawaii. They, yeah. like, don't want tourists to come any longer. It's a strain on all of their resources. So, like, I just feel like if she was a local, like she says she is, like, she wouldn't really be thirsting after these guys she's picking up their, like, dirty diapers from. You know right. what I mean? Ugh. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. She doesn't act like a local in the slightest. Oh, God, don't get me started on that. So... In one really rough instance uh, at work, the three girls are, like, cleaning this really trashed room from some of the football players, and they find this used condom on the floor that gets stuck Mm -hmm. to poor Lena's shoe. And the way this person reacts to seeing a condom— Lesbian. Lesbian. She is, like, has never seen anything more disgusting in her life. And there is, like, vomit and shit 
and everything's strewn about that room and she's like <gasps> yeah you it's so funny that's a lesbian response to a used condom yeah. if i've ever seen one for reeking out so Anne marie takes the condom and stomps on over to the beach and like tells off the football player who left it there mm-hmm. and ends up getting fired mm-hmm which sucks, but what are you going to do? The scene following this and how she, I guess, deals with the angst of losing her job is a really interesting and horny moment. What scene is I'll it? I'll give you a hint. There's a giant rock. Oh, it's when she's being really hot and she's running underwater <laughs> with a rock. <laughs> I'm like so willing to talk shit about this movie, but some of the shit they do, I'm like, oh, I see why you lit up a generation of surfer gays. I see why Paxson's stock went up after this. <laughs> Quicksilver, Roxy, we were buying it all. Yeah, th- this is a really hot scene, so I can kind of describe it from yeah. memory. So there's like Anne-Marie holding a big-ass rock, and she's like running across the ocean floor, and on her shoulders is like Eden, and then on Eden's feet, it's like Lena holding. So it's like a huge train, and, and Anne-Marie is like kind of struggling to push forward with all this weight and like hold her breath. It's really hot. It's super hot. I was like, God, what a way to train. Uh, (laughs) Damn, I want this like workout regimen. Um, So what happens after this? Matt basically comes, finds her on the beach and is like, hey, I'll pay you to give me surf lessons. And we get like the one lighthearted moment that we talked about earlier, which is like a really cute, charming uh, surf lesson montage with the four girls and the like goofy football players. And we kind of get to see... Anne-Marie and Matt's relationship develop. Mm. So he, at the end of the day, invites her up to his hotel room under the pretense of giving her the money, which is just so weird. It's so sketch. I fucking hated that because he agreed on a rate. Like he proposed a rate. To a professional. To a professional surfer, like $150. And so he doesn't bring that money to pay her. Right. And so they get to the resort and he's like, oh yeah, I, ooh, I only got 40 in my wallet, but if you come upstairs, like you're putting her in a really gross situation, right? Because right? like if she goes to your hotel room, she doesn't fucking know you, dude. Like you're a huge football player. And also she used to work at this hotel. Like you really want people to talk. And she eventually does agree to go up with him. And the first thing she do when she get up there, do you remember? She puts on his cologne, right? Why does she do that? I think it's because she's stinky. (laughs) (laughs) But they, like, make a point of, like, while they're making out after, he's like, are you wearing my cologne? (laughs) And he, like, loves it. And I'm like, why are we doing this right now? (laughs) They thought they were doing the bring it on teeth rushing and they weren't. (laughs) They weren't. We're just showing how self-involved this guy is that he wants to, like, smell himself while he makes out with himself. I hate this man. Yeah, and they're making out, and then he gets a call from who is most certainly his wife. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's just my niece. Yeah, I'm so fucking sure. My niece is, like, so trying to get in touch with me. Sorry, the time difference, you know, but that's my niece. It's like, fucking, I'm not calling my uncle on vacation? What the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) hundred percent he has a wife they don't go into it but i know that he does in my heart oh for sure oh for sure okay so after this night Anne marie gets back home and eden has a couple of words to say to her where were you why do you smell like a guy (laughs) (laughs) oh you're so right (laughs) okay let's watch this scene i hate to be the buzzkill here but the contest is in a week and i just don't think that it's time i know but i did promise him another lesson tomorrow can't you just blow him off? No. Why not? 
Because he already paid me. Exactly. He didn't. Well, I wanted to rent a jet ski tomorrow. Put you into some size. Get you ready for pipe. All right, well, I'll meet you at the lunch at four. Why not earlier? I'll meet you there as soon as I can. Eden wants to fuck her, dog. Bro! <laughs> just do it. They'd be such a good couple. Yeah, they have this, like, really tense conversation. And Eden is, like, super invested in, like, Anne-Marie doing well. And she also kind of checks her out. Did you see 100%. that at the end? At the end, she gives her this look, like, with her moving her jaw around and, like, looking up through her eyelashes. Mm -hmm. Hot. Finna bang. Finna. China. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> anyway, that's a missed opportunity. This person obviously cares about you so much. All right, so anyway, the next day, Anne-Marie takes Matt out to this, like, local secret surf spot that's, like, only for the people of the island, <sighs> which is such a lame thing to do. And then when the local surf dudes show up who are painted as, like, really aggressive and I, I wonder – I mean, I'm sure that being protective over your secret surf spot is very real. They're, like, very overtly aggressive to them about it and – Matt ends up getting in a fist fight with them, and they keep calling him a, a wale, which basically just means, like, white person not from around here. And I'm like, why did she take you there? Fuck her. They have colonized every fucking inch of Hawaii. Like, this is one place. They've told you the rules. You know, it she shouldn't even be there. Right. It feels weird that she's there, and she knows she's not supposed to be there because they show up, and she's like... Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. It's just I really can't understand this character. And they just do all of this to service the plot. But like if you grew up on Hawaii and all of these people are your friends and your chosen family and all of their land has been stripped from them and they're, they have few things that they can keep sacred. It's just hard for me to believe that she would do this or like any person with a soul would do this. And what she says in the next scene when she goes back to Matt's hotel room to like nurse his wounds because he got his ass beat by these hawaiian boys she's like talking to him outside of the hot tub oh my god what did she say that's not the real hawaii they're just crazy they're so protective of their land and their waves especially and matt says and their women <laughs> i didn't hear that the first time i watched it but the second time i watched it i was like what the Bro, she's from northwest iowa just like you what are you Dude, talking about perfect for each other Ugh, this is so, it's so gross. gross. And also, why the fuck are you spending your time in the hotel where you used to have to clean eight hours a day? You would just right. not enjoy, like, kicking your feet up there. That your friends fucking walk in on you because there are cleaners there. Mm -hmm. And you're, like, wrapped in a fluffy towel because she stays the night and he, like, gives her a kiss on the forehead and is like, order whatever you want from room service. And she's like, hee, 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 okay. And then... Orders waffles. Her friends come in. She looks guilty as fuck. Mm -hmm. She knows it's weird that they're now at work working for their rent. Mm -hmm. Why did they have to be, like, working this shitty blue-collar job? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so fucked up that she's handed all these privileges time and time again. And instead of being grateful for them or exploiting them like Eden wants her to do, she's, like, reveling in them and isolating herself from her friends. She so immediately puts this like normie white dude ahead of every single other person and her own interests. Yeah. It's just really not believable. And it's the high school musical thing. Yes. But the difference is, is they're in Hawaii. Your life is awesome. I know that like you have to pay rent and stuff, but like you live on a beautiful island 
and you're surrounded by your friends and family and you you have an opportunity to be a professional surfer like and do you think he's going to marry you or something like it's such a fleeting moment he's quite literally on vacation he'll be gone in a week but you're willing to throw everything away to spend like 4 days with someone who i don't know can get you waffles who can buy a massage for you which like again i understand when you don't have these things maybe it's really nice and great but like like you're saying like what's so bad about your life otherwise like it's not like you aren't surrounded by people who support you it's not like you don't have a beautiful roof over your head it's not like you can't surf twice a day every day Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like it doesn't send a good message of like this life is enough for her it's like she always wants more 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 Mm -hmm. And she wants it the easy way, you Mm -hmm. know, because she could go about it the hard way and get like sponsorships and go and be a pro surfer and like gain riches and a nicer house or whatever. But she's like, no, I'd rather just have it handed to me because it's easier. And because I can, because I'm a pretty white girl. And I'm owed that because I'm a pretty blonde white girl. It's just ick. They lost me. They completely lost me. Yeah. But what we do get a bomb on this scene is to see... Eden drag Anne-Marie round on a jet ski in these like crazy big waves. And did you know that Michelle Rodriguez did all of her own stunts on the jet ski? She was primed and fucking ready for Fast and the Furious, dude. Dude, they had her contract ready when she got off set that day. They saw her on a jet ski and they said, fuck yeah, dude. They saw Jordana Brewster mm-hmm. in the faculty mm-hmm. and they said, they're ready. Yeah, these they're <laughs> at the prime for this fucking franchise. I have one more scene to show you, Sam. Give it. So in the scene I'm about to show you, Anne-Marie and Eden have just had a really intense moment training in the waves. Anne-Marie was like flopped around in the blue crush and Eden like rescues her on a jet ski and they have a heated discussion in the gayest of all places. Open water. Open water. (laughs) What is your problem? Look, all I'm saying is that if you can't handle this, there's no way you're going to be ready for the pipe mess. Then you go. You're so freaking ballsy, Eden. You go. I can. I wasn't invited. I don't know what the hell you want from me. You know what I want from you is to get your own life and stop living through me. Get your own dreams. So that's it. You're going to go run off and be bro ho, huh? At least I have someone that's interested in me. Um, okay, Sam. I'll let you have at it. Any stings that's out of that scene. I'm glad you made me watch that scene again. And the first time I saw it, I was just looking at Michelle Rodriguez's arms. <laughs> Very distracting. So distracting. Uh, yeah, Eden hits Anne-Marie with some tough love and Anne-Marie just quits like a fucking baby. And Eden makes a really astute observation. Like, your mom did the exact same thing. Wouldn't you, like, I don't know, not like that decision and be like, that was a bad decision. Don't you want a friend that will, like, literally tell you the truth? Yeah, and then she goes on to tell Eden, like, at least I have somebody that's interested in me. <laughs> Fuck you, <gasps> dude. I would never speak to this person again. Friendship revoked. And the whole, like, get your own life thing. She's literally raising your little sister and helping her with your homework. Yeah, and with- working at a job that you don't have. I, I'm... Literally so stunned. The fact that Eden sticks around just proves that, like, their friendship runs deep. Because the shit that Anne-Marie is throwing out is so weak. And she knows it, too. It's the equivalent of in High School Musical 2, where Zach says, I ordered cheese with my burger and hands the burger back to (gasps) Chad. This is High School Musical 2. This is High School Musical 2, but with colonization. Yeah, worse. Mm -hmm. I mean... 
Who owned those lands the golf courses were on is all I'm saying. Yeah, not white people. White people <laughs> are not built to be out in the desert like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, in the scene directly after this, she literally goes to Matt's hotel and cries to him and he buys her a massage. So there we go. And not to be pro Matt because I fucking hate this guy. But if I was just trying to like have a cute little fling on my vacation and they show up to my door bawling, I'd be like, don't you have a friend you can call like you don't know me (laughs) that's what i'm saying he like does his best for like the plot device that he is anyway lots of shit happens we're at the night before pipe masters and we have like truly the most infuriating moment of the film for me personally where Anne marie's joined matt at this luau and he's like bought her this dress and like made her over to be like this perfect little blonde princess Mm -hmm. and She feels out of place and hears the other NFL wives talking shit about her. And so she does the most natural thing in the world, which is to, like, run out of the event and throw herself into the water nearby. Well, you would think, oh, yeah, walk out of the building and go home. Yeah. She, like, walks back to the luau and stomp walks in front of him. Obvious, And he's like, what is she doing? (laughs) And she stomps, walks past everybody so grumpy, walks straight into the water. Into the water. And then just kind of is in the water. (laughs) And just in the water. And he follows her into the water. Because God bless him, I guess. He's got sisters, so he knows exactly what she needs. Oh, my God. I'd be like, so not worth it. And she, like, starts complaining to him. She's like... I'm just the great story you'll get to tell when someone asks you how you learned to surf. I'm just the maid you fucked on vacation. Took you this long to get to that point, did it? No shit, Sherlock. And he's like, what do you want, Anne-Marie? And she's just like, I want my mom to come home. I want to pay the electricity bill. I want to win pipe tomorrow. Just tell me what to do, please. Gross, gross vomit, vomit. That's why I was like, this was written by a man. Why? Why would she say that? Why would she say that? This has only been your life's dream. You only need a man to say, go for it. You didn't need that at the beginning of the film. You were getting yourself up in the morning, training hard, getting your sister to school, getting food for everyone, putting gas in the tank, going to work. Like, what about meeting this guy just like folds your spine into like a piece of origami and makes you want to quit everything and makes everything so hard? And then he says, Oh, to just tell me what to do, please. He says, just be the girl I met on a beach. A girl who'd never ask a guy what to do. Thank you for permission. Oh he my gives God. her permission not to care about what men think. Oh, he says that's okay. I'm going to peel the skin off my face. Lizzie, I started screaming. Do you remember this is the point <laughs> I where remember. I started screaming? And you know what? Fuck Amory. <laughs> We've been dancing around this subject. She sucks. And you know what? Like you're saying. It's human to want some comfort and some luxury and the stability that money brings you. And you're thinking of like maybe like Pretty Woman and like other Mm -hmm. movies where – but she was on the street. Yeah. This girl is in Hawaii surfing waves with her best friends. Like that is such a slap in the face to your friends to be like, oh, that's not enough. I'm going to throw it all away. To go back to Des Moines and like what? (laughs) Live in a McMansion somewhere? What? With this guy who like at some point someone makes fun of his shoes and I'm like the realest thing that's been said in the film so far. It's like nice shoes, bro. (laughs) And like this really sad shot of like his fucking Kanye West sneaks with like boot cut jeans over them from Target. I'm like, oh my 
God, get rid of this guy. There was nothing more funny than that shot because it's not just like a full body shot of him with weird shoes. It's a perspective shot. Like he looks <laughs> and how dorky they look. It really is so good. This humble thing, his ass. Humble his ass. So anyway, guess what? She goes to pipe. Guess what? It's hard, but she does it anyway. Some lesbian gives her advice. She does it. Well, she only gets as far as she does because one person eats shit so bad that they're disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next round, the other person she's going up against is so clearly going to win the whole thing that she just begins coaching yeah. Anne-Marie. Because yeah. she's like, fuck, you're not going to beat me. Like, how would I just let you get like a layup in? Yeah, exactly. She does nothing on her own. Nothing. It's hand- Everything is handed to her, including like Billabong and all them people come up to her after and are like, oh, will you join our team? But it's like, oh, great. She gets that dream. Mm-hmm. And good for her. And. Everybody on the Billabong team are humongous dykes. You see them earlier in the film, like, gassing up a jet ski in the gayest way possible. All those sofa girls are gay, dude. Oh, yeah. Huge. And the final shot of the film, which I thought was great, was, like, all of the girls, like, clutching each other around the shoulders and her, like, kissing Matt. Because, of course, that has to happen. But there's, like, a big rainbow over them. Okay. It's a real rainbow. I don't know why Matt needed to be there. Why was Eden not like, can y'all go the fuck away? Mm-hmm. Like he rolls up and he's like, hey, where do I park? And she's like, oh, right over there. I'd be I'm like, like, she, she told me you. that she doesn't want you here for this, actually. She told me to ask you to leave. I would pull that. Take his money and run is what I say. All right. On to the reception. Yeah. <laughs> We're like beaten and battered and soaking wet at this point. We've been crushed. <laughs> the blue crush. So the film was made for 25 mil and made 55 million in theaters, so technically a success. It had pretty mid reviews across the board. Some people liked it, some people didn't like it. The retroactive consensus in general is that the movie feels really gay and really 2000s and is remembered fondly by bisexual girls and surf lesbians alike. Hell yeah. This doesn't fare well watching it for the first time in the the year of our Lord. No, it's definitely one like if you have a stiff history with this film you probably still love it in a way that we will forgive a lot of other films i don't know if i will watch this again i may like watch like a compilation i'll never watch this ever again i did not like this movie (laughs) at all then the perfect thing to do is move on to the scores (laughs) how the subtextual score works is that we rate the film on how good it is and how gay it is we average those numbers out of 10 and get a subtextual score perfect i give that explanation a 10 (laughs) Okay, Sam, how good is this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? Michelle Rodriguez gets all three points. It's just her. Yeah. I see your three points, and I raise you no more points. I also give it a three. (laughs) Sam, how gay is this movie? Not enough. Three again. I feel bad because I gave faculty a three, and they said the word lesbian. Yeah. I feel like I have to give this, like, a two and a half. Yeah. Good Lord. Michelle Rodriguez is the only reason this is getting points in either category. Yeah. All right. This film gets a whopping subtextual score of 2.9. A real stinker. It enters our bottom five. Wow. Where is it in the bottom five? It's tied for number two with The Haunting. Wow. Damn. That's pretty bad. And that had an actual bisexual in it. Yeah. I mean, this one has an actual bisexual in it, Michelle Rodriguez, but she's not playing a bisexual. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, the movie's 
what's bad about it outweighs what is good about it for sure. Yeah. Um, it was not even fun. There's way too much stupid colonization, white person drama. That yeah. was so uncalled for. There's just so many things going on that just are for, are pointless. It's so yeah. stupid. I'm sorry if you like this film because I wanted to. I really wanted to like it as well. And they something shined through like the surfers are hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really can't fault you for having like rose-colored lenses on this film. Yeah. If this was a film you watched as a kid, like I totally see why. This is like fully bikini, hot, strong, muscular girls the whole time. Like being really badass, except for the one that's like always crying at this white guy. Except for the one that gets all the airtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for that one. Everyone else is really cool. But um yeah, I'm I'm still ready to watch some more surf movies. Will you watch a shark movie with me? I would love to like accompany you as you pause and like <laughs> have to regain your composure through a shark movie. I'm going to watch it with like my knees up to my chin because like my feet cannot be dangling off of anything. I thought getting you to watch horror movies were hard. Shark movies, it's another level. Psychological torture. Also, have you ever considered the intersection of how gay surf culture is with like how gay pirate culture is? When people are out on the water, dog. <laughs> Open water, the gayest place there is. There's no laws out there. No, they got <laughs> maritime laws. Says nothing about being gay. Not a word. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep this content ad-free, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.